Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. Now, one key aspect of this podcast is to also bring you information and insights into the different fisheries around the country. And so every few weeks, we will be bringing you episodes focusing on the fisheries from those who know them best. And if you want your fishery to be featured on future episodes, then you can get in touch with us on instagram.com forward slash Ireland on the Fly. Today's show is on the River Bandon in Cork, and we speak to Jason Nash, who grew up fishing the river along with his father and grandfather, where he is now a guide and a fisheries consultant as well. And Tom, before we hear from Jason, we're hoping that these fishery focus episodes will really help anglers who are maybe thinking of visiting a new river or lock and to find out when it fishes well and where to get good information also. You were saying this to me, starting off, and I was thinking, yeah, great. And after doing the first episode, because this is really the first one we, we have done, it really hit me, well, this is brilliant, because like, take me as an example, I knew nothing about the River Bandon. Uh, I've only ever, think I've only ever seen it once. And uh, really fascinating to hear Jason talking about it. And, and like, sounds like a cracking fishery. I mean, um, hope they all go like this, because like, after listening to Jason, um, you know, I really want to get down and go fishing it. And it's really good, like, and like, and I can only say for me, because once again, I was listening to it as a person who had never been there before. Gave a lot of good information. Practical. Uh, that, yeah, practical that you can pick up on and um, hopefully give you some sort of um, foundation to go, fish, to, to, to go and fish it. it really good. Really good. Yeah, it's one of those kind of actually, um, like I find traveling down to West Cork, it goes through in a Shannon I'm passing over the band and so you know you know every angler you look over every bridge or piece of water and I've seen fellas fishing down there and, and I, I just know Jason Nash from following on Instagram and it's always you know when you kind of go oh, I have to get down and fish there and so again I, I hope people listening to this episode will kind of get the same out of it that somebody like myself would and yourself Tom would go oh yeah actually you've, you've got a bit more out of it you've you know you kind of go yeah now I will actually and this is you know when I need to go and you know who I need to talk to it's like I don't know about you but like at the start of the year I write out a list of kind of the different places I want to go visit 90% of them I never get to it of yeah. course and I keep refreshing the list every year and these are only ones in Ireland like and I know you, we slag each other about the bucket list like the local bucket list but like the river Finn in Donegal I've always yeah. wanted to fish that. The drought, I've fished the drought on New Year's Day, but I haven't fished it kind of May, April, May. I've never fished the Moy. You know, so there's all these rivers and I want to find out more. And the Moy, and, like, and again, we found out great, great information from Paddy McDonald on it. Like, um, and even actually, Joe Words of Summer, I was down at the weekend um, near Drogheda and I was down at uh, Mornington, which is the entrance think, to the Boyne going yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. And again, I was looking at that going, Wow, I'd love to know. Is that worth fishing? You know, those lads out actually at the at the estuary um, out spinning. Um, but again, who do I talk to? Where do we go? So hopefully, maybe if there's anyone listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If anybody listening, just get on to us quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's, it's really true. And uh, yeah, and you're very right about that because whenever we're passing a river or lake in the car, I do get reminded that there's a road ahead of me. <laughs> Debbie does tell me, you know, there is a road. But uh, yeah, I'm always the same. You're always looking over a bridge. But it's like what you said. I mean, um, that bucket list, the local bucket list, we'll call it. Yeah, there's places like you've never fished the Moy. I've never fished the Moy. After listening to Paddy, I was like, God, I have to get up there. Um, same, definitely same with Abandon now. There, you know, there's so many places. And th th this is hopefully what we can get through with doing these feature episodes. 
and just make people more aware of them. Because I'm sure, like, I myself, like, you know, when I think of salmon, salmon rivers in Ireland, I have to say, like, I wouldn't think of the bandits straight off. But then after listening mm. to Jason, you sort of go, wow, you know, that, that's a serious fishery. That is yeah. a serious fishery. Yeah. And even his stories about the sea trout, which again, yeah. I think is really interesting. Like, you know, that it was, you know, fished a lot more for sea trout in the days gone by, fish less now. But is it fish less because there's less mm. fish or is there less fish shown because it's being fished less? So, yeah, and like yeah. we touched on that. And it's a thing that that really interests me because, uh, Remember you were saying, Lee, you asked me if I done any nighttime fishing. Never done nighttime fishing for sea trout. When Jason was mentioning that and he was talking about the takes, you just sort of mm. go, wow. I did it once. <laughs> I did it once. Did um, you actually? But it wasn't now proper. It was actually, it was fascinating. It was for, um, I did it with Ken Whelan on the River Daughter in Dublin. You did right? not on the Daughter. You haven't read my book, obviously, because I did a whole bloody chapter on it. No, I haven't actually. I read my, I read my chapter. I read the chapter before. Yeah, everybody just goes straight to their chapter. Yeah. Listen, I told you, I have a huge problem with social media. I sit down every night and I waste an hour away looking at absolute rubbish. And for, I'd seriously, I have to get off it. Start reading have, more. Start reading more. I have, I have three books beside me uh, on the bedside table. And they've Actually, been there since Christmas. And I have... That's, do you know how I'm going to get you to read more? Do you know how I'm going right. to get you to read more? We're going to, we're going to start a fly fishing book club during the winter. And we're, going, right. to do, we're going to do episodes during the winter where right. you, have to have, you have to have read a book in advance. Yeah, my sister's in a couple of Zoom book clubs. Right, yeah, that's to discuss excellent. It. Excellent, so, right? Take me up on that and I have right. to do it now. <laughs> Okay, right. I have to do it. <laughs> So, so Annie, go on about the, the, the I just, bit I missed about the daughter. Go on. Oh yeah, sorry, the daughter. Anyway, if I, <laughs> we digress. Forgive, forgive me if I'm repeating myself, Tom. If you've read the chapter, but uh, <laughs> uh, I went. So I wanted to do it on the daughter because I'm fascinated by it. Um, yeah. You know that the daughter it flows through South Dublin. Mm. You know Clansky, the big Dublin bus depot there, um, and you're walking by the river, and there's Dublin bus, there's housing estates. And in this river, and as Ken Whelan told me, I think it's the only river in, actually, we must do an episode on the daughter. Um, yeah. it's, it's the only river in the capital city in Europe that has brown trout, salmon, and sea trout running it. So Dublin's, wow. the only, Dublin's the only European capital city that has a river in its city limits that has brown trout, salmon, and sea trout running up it. Wow. Incredible, isn't it? So I, I was fishing brown trout during the day uh, with Des Chew. Um, from IFI, it was a brilliant experience. Yeah, um, that's great. And uh, then met Ken that evening. Now, I didn't say it all night. It was more of a taster session, but it was amazing. We were literally down by the back of, what's that park? Herbert Park or one of those? Is it Herbert Park? I don't know. You're, you're a South Side one. <laughs> you know those better. <laughs> I should know. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> the, uh, somewhere, somewhere along there. Um, yeah. And we were fishing it and it was like lights of the street lights. Like the, cause as Ken says, it's never perfectly, perfectly dark. So the sea yeah. trout aren't as wary um, and they'll still take. So even so you have the light from the street lights kind of blending into the river and you're literally at the back of this park and only the loonies are out at that time. Like the, the, the fly anglers like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And yourself. And, <laughs> stuff, yeah. and picking, <laughs> thanks for including me in that, uh, picking off the sea trout. And it was just now, I think we fished till about probably midnight. It was, but it was incredible. Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. 
Read the book. You'll get a great taste. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to read that. I'll have a read for I'll have that chapter read for the next episode. For the for the book, love. <laughs> that's a good idea, actually. And that's a bit incestuous, isn't it? Doing my own book now for the book club, I think. You know, not not for the first book. You'd at least wait till on the second or third. <laughs> and here's a great one for Christmas. <laughs> right, Cure, before we digress too much and lose all the listeners um, who actually are av- <laughs> avidly waiting for Jason, let's hear from Jason now, who first gave us an overview of the Bandon fishery. Primarily where I fish is on, along the, the Bandon Angling Association waters. And along that, we have eight miles of double bank fishing. And yeah, the beauty of it, as we've discussed, um, is just that you can you can pick wherever you want to go fishing. There's no beach or anything like that. Like so, if you're a member or a, a visitor like that, like you know, you can you can fish wherever you want, and invariably like that, a lot of the time you'll have plenty of space. And there's lots of different kind of fishing, lots of different runs, different lines, different pools that are suitable for a lot of different methods like that. Uh, and then in different parts of the river, we'll say up along in a ski in Ballinine, there's another club up there as well that is uh, quite accessible as well for day permits. Uh, up along Dunmanway, we've got another club up there, Dunmanway Trout and Salmon Angling Association. And they've got some very, very nice fishing up there as well, especially for salmon there now in the flood or trout as well, like that, like, you know, during the summer months. Um, it's some very, very nice fishing up there. And yeah, other parts of the river then are kind of interspersed with uh, different kind of uh, private fisheries. Um, one very nice fishery there now is Kilcoman, uh, which is just based between Inneskeen and Bandon. And again, some lovely, lovely fly water, predominantly salmon fishing, but there's some nice trout fishing there as well, especially with the evening rise. And then, of course, you've got some other kind of free stretches as well, uh, like down below in the Shannon and around Bandon by Little and that, like that, like, you know, so... It's a great variety of fishing, very accessible for, for everybody like that. Like so, like my memory of, of the Bandon as well is from the geography lessons in school. And it was the, the smallest of the three down in the south because you had the Lee above it and you had the Blackwater. Yes. So basically the length of it, uh, the overall length and how much of that is fishable. Much was fishable. So off the top of my head, as far as I know, it's 72 kilometers long is what I think it is. Right. And really, like, you know, the, the prime fishing would be from, we'll say, Shannon up towards uh, Balanine, we'll say, the far side, the west side of Balanine would be kind of the prime fishing. Uh, Domanway has very, very good fishing as well, but yeah. you, need, you need a flood. And in the summertime as well, you get a very, you get very kind of dense growths of uh, weed. So just water crow foot runkless. Um, which can be very, very good for the river as well at that, like, you know, but it's just, it becomes a little bit harder to fish up there. Um, and how far up is Dunmanway now, let's say, from Bandon? Yeah, so it'll be, oh, a drive at that, like, it'd be probably a half an hour drive at that, at most mm-hmm. at that, like, so probably, you're thinking probably 15, 20 kilometres of that, like, you know, right. by stream length um, above it like that, like, so there can be some very, very nice fishing up there, but um, I haven't fished it personally myself, but, but talking to guys up there, they they target the salmon kind of late spring, early summer. And then from then on, if they have a flood, then they can fish it again. But in kind of moderate to low flows, you're looking at around the Bandon area, even Balanine and the Skeen to a certain extent like that. Um, but the prime fishing, I would say, is probably around Bandon, all right. And again, Balanine and the Skeen has some, has some good uh, pools as well at that. Like, you know. And it's it's a river you grew up fishing on, was it, uh, Jason? You live nearby? Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm from Inishan like that like we just like our family home is just on the Kinsale side of Inishan so um, my father uh, is mad into fishing as as well like that and that's how I kind of got into it uh, with my with my dad and with my uncle as well 
and yeah like fishing since i was i'd say six years old and what we used to do was just go down to the shannon uh fishing for trout invariably sea trout back in the day just fishing with worms that's how i kind of started off at that and then from the age of around 10 just kind of getting into more fly fishing in the evening time um like yeah kind of maybe kind of against the trend probably my first time fly fishing was actually for sea trout at night time without in the evening time with my with my dad and just fishing with a, a little lemon partridge like that and like getting loads of brownies and then just as it got darker then like you know getting that sea trout and uh, which is a great thrill but I uh, spent a lot of time down below in the Shannon when I was growing up um during school yeah anytime on my summer holidays or that as soon as I was uh uh, old enough just to kind of you know go down to the river and be responsible enough to be down there by myself uh, I just spent yeah every 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 hour of my summer holidays down there like that like you know and um, used to have some great sea trout fishing down there like that um, so lovely salmon fishing as well especially when the water was low mostly bait fishing like that um, but worm or shrimp very little kind of salmon fly fishing down there that would only be a very kind of a, a very kind of a, a surprise catch there now like invariably it was mostly sea trout fishing at night time uh, was the the best sport for the fly like that but it was um it's a yeah a nice little fishery down there and yeah lots of good memories of just you know learning how to fish down there and learning kind of watercraft and the different behavior of salmon and trout because when you're spending so much time in the water you see all these kind of different behaviors and you kind of you learn over time how they kind of you know uh how they adapt to different conditions and then how you kind of have to adapt your fishing to different conditions as well so yeah, it was a great, uh, a great learning curve and a, a great way to get to know the river. Actually, can I ask you, it's funny, actually, because one of our recent episodes was actually on sea trout in Connemara, the glory days of it. Um, what's the sea trout run like in on the band now? Is there much? Uh, at the moment there now, uh, at the moment, it's not like it's OK. Uh, it definitely is nothing compared to what it was like, would say, 20 years ago. Um, and even when I was growing up there now, it was very, very good. But I'd say I only caught the tail end of it. So. When I was growing up, um, like fishing down there, I was a teenager at night time, and like you, you'd get a few nice sea trout like that, like you know, nothing, nothing massive, like. But by Irish standards, like you know, nice trout between the pound, pound and a half, that kind of way. And some nights were very, very good. Like you might get like you know five or six, which would be good by a, a kind of abandoned standard. But kind of around maybe I don't know, maybe around two thousand five or so, it just started slowly kind of declining. Um, and there's no real single reason for that. It's probably just a mix of different reasons. Um, like we say, maybe some reasons could be good and that maybe, you know, water quality could have improved. Uh, I know for sure, like, you know, there's a good head of brown trout in the Bandon River. And when you compare it to other neighbouring rivers, like, you know, we'll say the Argadine or the Glasherboy that are renowned for the sea trout fishing, they wouldn't have a particularly high stock of brown trout um, of, a, of, a, of a decent quality and size of that, like, you know, so it's kind of the, the sea trout run has definitely declined over the years. Um, recent years, it's maybe... A little bit of an upturn like that like but because it's been because the runs have been low for so long actually the amount of people going out fishing for them as well is definitely drastically reduced as well like i remember we saw was tackled up at my uncle's place he, he used to live on main street in the shannon and it was only just down the road from where people used to park so we'd be tackling up we'd like you know stick our heads out the door and just see like you know are the cars being to park with fellas just coming that are going to go down then for the night session like that like you know so we try and get down there before them or we leave them off and then we'd just go off somewhere else ourselves at like that like you know so that was back in the heyday but definitely now like you know it's it's, it's very very quiet but in a way potentially as well like you know it, it the potential is maybe a bit better than people realize as well and you know if people put more effort into it maybe more secret would be caught um but definitely Sometimes it's a double-edged sword, isn't it, Jason? Because 
you know, if the word is going out that there aren't salmon on it, then the effort isn't put in. Let and the effort's it, not put in, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a big effort to, to do your night fishing. You know, it's not something you just nip down and, you know, you, it, there's a bit of planning to go in behind it. So, you know, if you're here and it's not there, then the angling pressure drops and then naturally the fish won't be caught. No, exactly like that. Like, and then it, like, you know, a lot of sea trout, like 80, 80% of sea trout will be, will be female like that. Like, you know, so those sea trout coming back as well like that, like, you know, if there's angling pressure has been reduced and, you know, there's not much exploitation. And if your if your conditions in the river are actually improving in a certain respect like that, like, you know, eventually like you know that that stock might come back a little bit as well like that like and fishing might improve over time so you know it's a lot of it is cyclical as well like that like so hopefully they're now in in a couple of years to come like that like we might see a, a smaller resurgence in the sea trout fishing and um, which would be which would be lovely to see like because sea trout fishing at night time in particular with, fly, with flies it's great sport it's great fun and um, it, it's 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 unparalleled with an awful lot of different kind of ways of fly fishing uh, just that casting into the darkness and just kind of waiting for a very, very dramatic pull because there's nothing kind of like, you know, shy about sea trout in, 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 in the respects of like how they take a flight at nighttime. They're shy creatures by nature during the daytime or right like that, like, you know, but at nighttime when they kind of get a little bit more comfortable in the surroundings and become aggressive, that that take can really be, really be nice at that. Like, you know, they really slam the flight. There's nothing, nothing gentle about it a lot of the time. Actually, Tom, I was asking, did you ever do sea trout on rivers at night? I was just going to say, just going to say that you, let me into it. Never, ever sea trout fish at night because it's not done in Connemara. Uh, our sea trout fisheries are always lock fisheries and during the day. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Completely different. Just completely different. There's very little river sea trout fishing in Connemara. You know, it's, it's primarily lakes. Yeah. So it's really interesting to say that. Now, I do have done a lot of night fishing for brown trout. But uh, and it, it's magical. I love night fishing. But yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot of guys like yourself talking about the sea trout at night. And apparently that explosive moment of the take, because as you say, they're, they're not shy, apparently. No, <laughs> they're not shy at all nighttime of that. Like, and what's nice about it as well as that in, in one single night, like if you give it a, a proper good session, like, you know, you're fishing at dusk and you're fishing through the night into the, the early hours, into dawn of that, like you'll go through a, a big variety of different tactics. Like, you know, start the evening, you'll be fishing with your size 12, or even uh, size 14 small little wet flies like you know your teal blue and silvers alexandras and stuff like that like and then as it's kind of moving into the night you're kind of getting into bigger flies and you're sinking your fly down a bit more using tube flies maybe even like that some nights then you're using your surface lures which is really exciting as well, like just skating that across the top and they're just absolutely lamping it some nights they won't even look at it but an awful lot of nights especially if it's a dark night and it's nice and warm and even when there's like you know sedges about and things like that they'll really whack that surface lure and yeah, it can be really, really exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really nice form of fishing. And, you know, if you're into salmon fishing, you know, obviously low water and salmon fishing don't really go together if you're, if you're fly fishing. So it's a nice kind of a sideshow um, from the salmon fishing at that. Like, and you can really go for it. So we kind of went off on a tangent there on sea trout, which is great. But so back to the salmon with the river. Basically, when does it start? Do you get, like, do you get a spring run? We get a spring run, yeah. So, like, we'll say the season is from 15th of February to September 30th. Um, now, February fishing, that's needle in the haystack kind of a stuff like that. Like, it's mostly the kelts that have spawned and are heading back. There'll be the odd fish caught like that, like, but really not much happening. March, uh, it picks up a little bit. The last few years have been very, very quiet, but actually this year, um, encouragingly, there was a few fish caught in March, which was nice to see. And on top of that, there was um, there was a few nice fish seen running as well at that lighthouse. Uh, which is very encouraging and hopefully it's not a flash in the pan. 
But um, like, you know, if you're kind of a visitor to the river, you'd really be waiting until April. And usually the second half of April onwards, if you've got good water, then your chances increase exponentially. You really do have a very, very good chance of a fish. Um, the best of the fishing for spring salmon would be May, June. Um, now, June, you're kind of getting into the summertime, but quite often there can be a late run of uh, spring fish in June. And those fish tend to be quite large as well as that. Like, you know, it's uncommon to get a few salmon that would be like, you know, in the high teens, mid to high teens like that. Um, and then for like, you know, quantity wise, uh, July would be the best time. Uh, this July here now, we've had a really, really good mix of uh, salmon, mix of sizes. So there's been actually quite a lot of big fish still running the river and that have run the river this month. Um, and we're, yeah, we're lucky in that respect. It's, it's, it's been very, very good. And only the last couple of weeks, the, the grillstone has appeared and they're coming in any kind of number. Up to that, there was a few grills around, but nothing, nothing major. It was, it was really mostly still all big fish, like, you know, at least eight pounds. And I think the biggest fish this year caught uh, was around the 22 pound mark that was estimated by a club member. Um, he got him only a few weeks ago at the tail end of that flood. Uh, on a shrimp and he returned them or returned her I should say it was, it was just a nice fresh hen fish um, but it's it's been a really good season for those bigger fish like that like you know and yeah definitely if you're, if you're coming down uh, I'd say the two months I'd pick are probably June, July uh, when you get into August, September then you're kind of fishing more over kind of stale fish and stuff like that um, like we used to have a very very good back end run and yeah the, in, in the back end run now there could be some very nice big fish uh, but that kind of tapered off around 2011, 2012, and that's been seen everywhere, really, around Ireland, around the UK as well. That like there's 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 no one river that's really bucked that trend everywhere. It's kind of followed suit. But in a way, um, I don't think we've made up for it in the numbers, like you know, by the compensating on on, on summer runs or spring runs. But the last year or two, all right, definitely the runs have. You know, they're not bad. Like, they've improved maybe a little bit. Too early to be any, like, you know, to be overly optimistic about that or to get carried away. But still, um, like, this year now, there's there's been a very good spring run like that. Like, and you'd hope, you'd hope that would carry through and it's not going to be a, a flash in the pan or just a kind of a thing that's happened over the last year or two. You'd hope it's, follow, it's going to follow through, like, you know, so. As it just as a matter of interest there, just when you were talking, what, this year, what, what size are the grills that are running? Uh, the grills so far, um, so a lot of them have been kind of around the four or five pound mark. There's been a few two or three pound, like, you know, the really small runs like that, like, but a lot of them have been around the four or five, six pound mark. And they've been in good condition as well. Like, you know, nothing really strawny or skinny like that. Like, you know, they all look well fed. They're in good proportion. Even the small fish like that, like, you don't mind getting small fish like that. Like, I mean, they, they've been around forever like that. Like, you know, some... Some people will say, like, you know, that's a really bad sign that you're getting fish so small. But if you look back at the old books and old magazine articles, like, you know, trout and salmon and stuff, those small grills, they've been around forever. But the thing is, the most important thing is that, like, you know, they're well proportioned, they're still stocky, they're still well fed. And that's what we've seen. Like, some years you will see those skinnier kind of grills. But thankfully, you know, they've been, they've been well fed. And the, the multi-sea winter fish coming in, they're really good stocky, chunky fish as well. That, like, they've been very, very well made. And that's kind of a theme that's been seen in an awful lot of rivers around the country as well which is nice to see that that like you know so um from a river specific point of view i suppose last year we had a good run of grills and usually when you have a very good run of grills the next year then as well you will get some very very good multi-sea winter fish so just a sign of good sea survival i suppose and a sign that obviously that that small run in the in the preceding years has been pretty good as well at that like you know so 
hopefully now this year we have another good run of grills. There has been a decent run of grills in the last couple of weeks, and hopefully that kind of continues on probably for another couple of weeks anyway, because usually in the last few years, it's kind of mid-August, it starts tapering off with the, with the fresh fish like that. Like, but um, no, everybody has been pretty happy now with the season so far this year like that. Like, and even like, you know, every, every, every river will have its cohort of like, you know, anglers that might be a little bit pessimistic or a little bit kind of, you know, no, I won't believe it. I refuse to believe <laughs> that. Oh, oh. Don't exist. Complete fallacy. Oh, Sorry. It's just banned. It's just banned. <laughs> uh, but, but even even this year, like that, like you know, even even guys that might be like you know a little pessimistic, they've been they've been very very happy with the run of fish. And even if, <laughs> even if they're not catching, the main thing is seeing them like that, like you know. So that's good like that, like you know. It's not just about the catching. As long as you see fish there like that, like that's what you want. Yes, but that's the bottom line at that, like so. Um, I saw your Instagram. It was at around uh, end of June, start of July. You were doing particularly well, Jason. Was it? Was it? Was yeah. uh, the, the yeah. kind of grills run was coming in, and there was a bit of rain. And as I was telling you earlier, I was down in Clonakilty, the family holiday at Tom. And traditionally, I always when those rains come in, I that's what I'm always trying to be on the Blackwater, you know, because it's a brilliant time. And I knew, oh, there was nothing. I was stuck there, <laughs> and I wouldn't mind, but it was wind and rain, and we were stuck in the holiday home. <laughs> three kids climbing the walls like but uh, and i was like oh i wish i was on the black water fishing like because and then i saw jason's on the instagram and i saw the pictures of the fish being caught in the band uh, and, and i was like yeah should have been should have been there should have been there is right Jen. Yeah, no, it was perfect fishing weather maybe not holiday weather but perfect fishing weather and like we got we got a small rise over that weekend and it kind of encouraged a really nice run of fish up but they ran very, very slowly just because that water, it had come up a small little bit, but it wasn't too big a flood. And then we had more rain, which really put a really nice flood into the that, like and fish out. And everybody then along the length of the river had sport like that. And it was really, really nice to see. And yeah, that was our first flood since, I'd say probably April. It was pretty dry spring like that, like, you know, so we're all waiting for it and waiting for it like that, like, you know, so when eventually when it came, then everybody was ready for it. And in like, you know, a lot of people, mostly that went out and put in the effort like that and got a bit of luck. They, they had some nice fishing like that. And again, there was some really nice fish in between them like that. Like um, I had one nice fish around 15 pounds and it was like just a bar of silver, pure fresh sea lice. And other guys as well. There was a few fish kind of reported around 16, 17 pound mark as well, which was really, really nice to see. And yeah, a variety of metals like the fly did very, very well. Uh, and the fly is probably the, the most productive method when there is a good flood like that. Like, you know, it's the method that most guys want to fish when there is nice water like that. Um, at times when it's too high or like if you're fishing kind of difficult places that aren't very fly fishable, the spinner is obviously a very, very good method as well. Um, but it was it was just really nice fishing. And it's nice when you get a flood at that time of year because it, it just coincides with the main one of fish like that. Like, you know, you're fishing over fresh fish and they're, they're willing to take and um like even you know it, it, it's just nice of that like and you can fish places that um you know in the low water you you, you can't fish to that like but everywhere but just becomes fishable at that like and you're, you're kind of getting out and you're trying different methods with different flies and different rods and different lines that like and you, you can kind of mix it up and it's a, a real good time then if you're if you're lucky enough to have a fish or two underneath the belt then that you can kind of go and experiment or fish different places different flies and, and trying to tweak how I would usually do it like that, like you know. Actually, just out of interest, yeah. sorry, Tom, how many days do you, would you get out in a typical season um, on demand? And uh, so lately, like I, I'd obviously like growing up, I'd fish a lot, lot more like that. Like at the moment, there now, um, I try to get out once a week if I can, like that, like maybe twice a week, like that, like kind of uh, fish around, like you know, um, 
work times and with family and stuff of that like you know so if i can i try to get out like you know very early in the morning of a weekend or in the evening time and then if a flood comes along like that like you know I try to put in a little bit extra effort if I can like that. Like if it just, if I get lucky with it, like, you know, it, co- I, it coincided there. Now that flood in July coincided with my family there away on a holiday like that. So I was, I'm that well. <laughs> I'm very, <laughs> sent them away, was it? Sent yeah. them away. <laughs> sent them away. I was fishing by morning, like, you know, get up at like, well, silly at lock, four or five at lock, fishing away for a few hours, go to work, then afterward, then going back out again like that. Like, you know, brilliant. So, make uh make him plans in that respect so that doesn't happen very often but the timing of that holiday was from a fishing perspective very very good <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah tie that one really right. yeah. and would, would you actually recommend in terms of do you like you know that kind of dawn uh time for fishing for catching in the summertime yeah no definitely that like um like in the summertime because the days are so long and that like it, it's nice to be able to get down there at four o'clock and make the most of the day like that and definitely like you know you're going to have fresh fish coming into the pool other kind of more resident fish they're a little bit more active as well before the kind of the sun comes up and kind of gets very very intense and the temperatures come up so they can be a really really nice take and again the evening time as well once the that kind of uh, sunlight once the intensity kind of just dies down and reduces like that you've got uh, another great chance again at that like you know but even when you have a flood um like you know i think on the wednesday there now we went fishing um like we had a, a job now out in um out west corner that like and we managed to wrapped up a little bit earlier so I went out fishing with a colleague like that and you know we got out around was it half three four o'clock so I got fishing a little bit earlier and I th- actually that that first day it was like first cast bang into a fish of that like you know it was like that like so the river was just unformed the fish were there and it was just really really nice fishing and like you know we we, we all had a couple of fish that day and it was really really good sport so you know it, depending again on the light conditions and the water conditions the clarity of the water the height of the water like you can you can have great sport during the day like that you know as well like but if when the conditions are a little bit tougher definitely morning evening they're the times to kind of concentrate on like that you know definitely. my understanding of the river now it's been a lot, couple of years now since i've seen it yes it would be it's not it's not it's not a huge river it's a big enough river but are we to, are we looking at single-handed rods or what's what's your go-to outfit yeah 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 so my go-to outfit in a, in a flood situation of that is a switch rod I, right. I i grew up kind of with a kind of a bigger double-handed rod like you know a 13 foot rod but really and, it's, and on a river the size of the band there's no need for it on average the width of the river is about 20 25 yards we'll say and i don't know i i bought my first switch rod now which is actually the same switch rod i'm using now because i don't know i can't see past it i just i, I love it it's, it's really it's very very versatile but i have a an eight weight switch rod it's 11 foot three and it'll actually, you know, I can fish skagits off it with a, like, you know, a T14 tip if I want. And I can fish quite delicately as well with like, you know, a kind of more scandy line with a, a variety of different tips. And if the water drops to a certain degree, like if it becomes low or even at the tail end of a flood, I just go back to a single hander. And I think a, a single hander, you know, for a seven, eight weight uh, rating, it's, it's very, very handy because I don't know, the, the band in particular has got very, very clear water when it's not in flood. And definitely fishing, you know, a, a, a light setup with a, a taper leader and small flies, you definitely are giving yourself much more opportunity. Whereas if you go out with a, with a double hander or a switch rod, it's just you're not going to be as stealthy. You're not going to be as subtle with that presentation at that like, you know. So I think just, you know, switch rod is absolutely perfect for a flood. And as soon as it comes to the tail end of that flood, just kind of scale it back down and you give yourself a much, much better chance altogether like that. And that's even, really that's really interesting about what you say about the clear water and having to find down. You know, it's not a thing you normally 
I won't say it's not unheard of in salmon fishing, but it's not the norm, you know, of, you know, having to find out with the tapered leader and everything. You know, I just, well, I just think I hear a lot of our salmon water being peatier stained waters. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely with the West Coast. I know like that I'd say you probably have a bit of a, a, a bigger window like that. Like, and even going just back for a minute as well, back to the sea trout, I know as well in the daytime as well, like that, like with that little bit of colour in the water, you can get sea trout in the fly at daytime. And, you know, it's kind of Maris synonymous for that. But definitely down here in the south, definitely on the Band River, it's just, it's nigh on impossible to try and get a sea trout in the daytime. With wet flies, anyway, you might pick them up on nymphs. Um, or certain times of the season, you might pick them up in dry flies as well and stuff of that like. But in the daytime, it's hard. And definitely with salmon, if you can just if 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 you just scale it down and and use very very small flies as well at that like you know little size fourteens or even smaller again like that like and on a nice but, uh, trebles, uh, trebles, double singles, whatever is your. What? Can you use trebles? Yeah, we, yeah, it's yeah. still an open river, so we can still use trebles, trebles of that like you know. Um, personally, I don't mind. I. My box. What, is probably, what's your favorite? My favorite would be double, just because I fit, like I'm a member of a club out on the shore as well, so like I can use the same flies for both rivers like that. Mm. Like so, um, the doubles, the, yeah, the doubles are very very good hookers like that. Like you know, they they really like you know when the fish takes a lot of the time, you will hook that fish. Um, certain makes might be a bit better than others at that. Like, but um, I think you know just looking at different kind of like shrimp patterns, looking at like you know the darker kind of colored flies like are just normal stoats tails. And then looking at kind of, you know, more modern kind of um, patterns. Well, modern for maybe this side of the world, like, you know, Fra the Francis fly that hasn't been used for an, an awfully long period of time around this side of the world anyway. You know, it's, um, it's I suppose, most famous up in Iceland, like that, like, and maybe up in the Scandi countries, uh, Norway and that, like that, like, you know, but it hasn't been relatively commonplace to use a Francis fly, I would say, in, in Ireland over the last, like, you know, number of years of that, like, it's kind of becoming more popular uh recently over the last few years and i think that's that seems to be a very very good flight at that like you know um and the versatile fly as well like you know if you use in bigger patterns or bigger water and then like really kind of get those small little flies those little small little patterns uh, in the low water and they work very very well and you know chopping and change with just like different kind of styles of fly as well like those small little scanny tubes as well they can work very very well um on the band and they're now in springtime uh if you've got a very nice flood a lot of the fish they just want to the early fish they want to build on straight through the system up to the headwaters of that like but if you're fishing a, a nice kind of a long wing and a scanning tube they can work very 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 well and in the lower water then again as well if you just dress them on very small little tubes like you know half inch tubes or even smaller quarter inch tubes if you can get your hands in them um they can work very very well and fishing with, with patterns that are like you know standard patterns like my go-to pattern before like and still even to a certain extent today now would be that green butt gold cascade is just such a good fly, uh, especially when there's a hint of water or a hint of color in the water like that, like, you know, but it's nice to mix it up as well and use a, a variety of patterns of that, like, and definitely I've tried to kind of broaden the horizons now over the last couple of years as well, like, and just using those different patterns and you get a much better satisfaction like that, like just going through a, a different array of patterns of that, like, and they all, they all have their day like that, like, you know, and they all, they all suit different conditions like that. So it's, it's nice to kind of mix it up a little bit. Can I ask you, Jason? Well, I have you, and that's what I like about these interviews because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> salmon yeah. fishing is my first grow. And I love getting experts on because I can actually ask you now <laughs> the questions that are always at the back of my head. <laughs> this time of year, the river is low. Yes. What kind of tips um, to kind of, you know, and there hasn't been a lot of rain, you know, there's very few fresh fish, but how do you target them? What's the best way to go about targeting the fish on the, on the low river like that? 
the lower river like that, like so, and the band in any way, if uh, early mornings anyway, so at this time of year now, you're, you're, the areas where you can fish are, are far reduced to that, like, because in fairness, the band, in, especially in its middle lower reaches, it's a relatively low gradient. So like, you know, where in some rivers, you've got a nice high gradient and there's always a good flow. And, you know, if you don't get them in traditional kind of down across kind of methods, some guys just target them with nymphing like that, like, you know, and that nice kind of pocket water, that's very, very well oxygenated, it works well. So, so actually, I just want to actually go back on that. So are you literally looking at it like from a trout nymphing scenario? So you're looking at that riffly water, uh, putting on a nymph style and literally going with the same tactics? On, on some rivers you would. On the bandon, it's not particularly effective. And re- just the reason being is because it's, it's relatively low gradient. We haven't, when the water is low, there's no, it's, it's far reduced how many areas have got like, you know, nice riffly water, nice fast water, which invariably you do need for, nymph fishing as some guys they will catch them as a bycatch for the trout fish like that the very odd person will target for them spe- specifically with the with the nymph um but in general at this time of year it can be very very hard when the water is very very low you kind of want to go down if you want to give yourself the best chance get down there very early in the morning um because those areas they're not plentiful and people are going to fish them and you know people have fished them uh there's going to be added fishing pressure like that so really early early hours and getting down there with a the single hander and even get a, a maybe a lighter rod like a six or seven weight and concentrating in those areas where you know the fresh fish are uh, having a long tapered leader and then starting off with like you know a fly that you just have most confidence with or that like you know a little little uh, cascade fly or little alley shrimp uh, shrimp flies do work very very well in the band uh, but then mix it up if, if that's not working um, try you know a hairy mary which is really really good as well or a blue charm kind of a very very similar pattern or a little stoat's tail or silver stoat's tail uh, if there's nothing happening up you know, close to the surface with like you know I've got a, a nice kind of a, a single handed fly line there now um, it's a, a vision hybrid and you can get a, a different density tips with it which is very very handy like that um, so if it's not happening near to the top I can just kind of work my way through the layers of that like you know and bring it down a little bit deeper with the same kind of flies or even like, you know, change it to small little heavy little tubes or that like, and just fish down through the different layers. And if there's anything taking, like, you know, that's that's your best chance, kind of cover all the different scenarios of that, like start at the top, work your way down through the water columns. And that's just going to give you your, your best chance of that, like, you know, but keep it stealthy. Um, even with even with your casts like that, like, you know, don't, there's no real need for any kind of snap tees or kind of double spay, like double spay casts, all this kind of thing like that. Like just try and keep it like just overhead cast or just to a single spay. And yeah, stealth is the aim of the game of that. Like, because you'd be surprised just how easily you can kind of give your presence away. And if those fish see you or if they, they kind of can, they kind of, you're coming, they'll just, they, 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 they just go off the take. And if you're, if you're actually watching somebody else fishing like that, like, you know, and if in any way they kind of betray their presence, you see those fish kind of scattering around and the angler will be completely unaware of it at that light. But those fish will just start milling around the pool. And yeah, the more that happens, the less likely they are to be taken at that. Like you, you just want them to be settled. And if they're settled, then you have a very, very good chance. I think like a trout fisherman nearly like when you're approaching the yeah. water, like, isn't it? Like, and even the tactics. And actually, was it in terms of the leader and the tippet? Like, are you going 15 foot? Like, uh, 
I wouldn't go that like I kind of buy or make up my own kind of tapered leaders that that like that would be nine to twelve foot um like the nine foot tapered leaders that I buy I usually add a little tipper ring to it and then put on kind of more leader like that like and in the summertime there now I would go down as far as six pound or eight pound fluorocarbon like that like a fish are fairly light and just the reason being again is because you know that lighter tip it, it just does aid mobility um and I would use my like my favorite knot as a rapala knot again just a, a very small nice tidy little rapala knot again just gives it more movement like that like and over the years of that like it definitely has worked and even for bait fishing like it's it's one thing that i learned off my uncle uh was that like refining it definitely um definitely helps you even even with worm fishing in front of worm fishing uh like one day there now blowing a shannon bridge fishing with worms eight pound line and there was a there was a what i thought was a grill spluttering on top of the water and it just wouldn't take i fished up in bandon for a while no good i came back a few hours later i was like right try my four pound line now straight away i was like you know if i hook the fish i'm going to keep the fish i wouldn't use four pound line if i had the intention of like you know putting the fish back or if it was over stale fish wouldn't recommend it and anyway i started fishing the four pound line and it was just much more natural kind of a presentation and the worm fluttering in the cut in the current like that and after like three or four casts feel the fish <laughs> and the worm like that like you know and bang had the fish and as soon as i hooked it i was like oh no this is the grills it was in june and it was like oh no so i was fishing it i was i was kind of playing it around the pool uh for about 20 minutes and at some time <laughs> like i couldn't put much strain because it's only four pound line sometimes i had to actually flick over the bail arm and then it would turn around when it didn't feel the resistance and kind of coming back up and then start kind of playing it again I think the fourth time I went down to the end of the pool, it just left the pool and I had to start running. I had to start changing it down. And I, I ended up landing it about, yeah, three quarters of an hour later, um, a couple of pools downstream, just at uh, the end of the GA pitches, if anybody knows where uh, the layout of in a Shannon. And it was a, a fish that turned out to be like 13 and a half pound covered in sea lice. So it was like, it's a it's a fish that definitely sticks out in the mind like that, like in the memory like that. It was just unbelievable sport like that. Like, and... The fish was bullying me the whole time. At hardly any stage was I able to have any control of it, but it was uh, really exhilarating and, and and very very exciting. But it just kind of shows that, like you know, kind of refining it and kind of just stepping down the gear and not fishing too heavy, it can make a difference like that. Like you know, yeah, it's really interesting that. Yeah, yeah, and just even just taking that experience from like you know bait fishing before and bringing it into fly fishing, it definitely can make a difference. Um, it just especially like you know when the current isn't as strong fishing slacker kind of slower water you, you you need to try anything just to impart that kind of movement into a fly um and even if you're you know if you're into dressing your own flies using that kind of more mobile kind of um material like you know we'll say for instance you know the the park shrimp people are you know they, they're they're adamant you know it has to be arctic runner in the tail of that like that's what gives the movement that is that makes that fly so successful at that like you know so you know kind of look at your materials and 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 pick out that stuff that's going to be extra extra mobile and use that to your advantage what about streamers i heard of somebody uh, it was a story that they i think it was actually in the air i think it was um and there was plenty of fish but they weren't on the take yes and, and anyway so anyway somebody said they, they heard one fella started doing you know streamers yeah. the same kind of style and just you know bringing it in as quick as you could and that that was how they were catching them like on that like have you done it ever done it that way it's something that i want to do i kind of get sidetracked in that i love streamer fishing at the start of the season so the start of the season when salmon they're, they're just not about spring salmon at least i target brown trout with the streamers and you can have really really good sport 
and you can pick out some really nice trout as well. Um, this year now I went out one day, actually during one of the storms, I think it was Storm, uh, was it Storm Francis or Storm Franklin, I think it was. And like the river was bowling down, but I was looking at the gauge and it just, it, it came level and it started dropping. And I went out and it was blowing an absolute hooli, but the trout were in a savage take and they were hitting the streamers of that, like, you know. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure if I, if I use the same techniques during the summertime in a flood for the salmon, I'm sure you would hit the salmon of that, like, but I just haven't kind of got around to it yet. If, um, if we had a particularly wet summer and I kind of got my kind of fix of like, you know, fishing the kind of more traditional kind of methods of that and I wanted to change it up, I just, I definitely gear towards them with the streamer then of that, like, you know, and yeah, even this season now yet, like there's still, what, two and a half months nearly left like that, like, you know, so if we get a few floods, I definitely will kind of target them at the back end with the streamer because I know it can work very, very well. And I know like, you know, the guys like, you know, Keith McDonald, yeah, Donald, yeah. got some really good sport of that, like, you know, with streamers. Um, fishing for salmon or that like you know and he had a, a very very good day back in the or in the springtime as well of that like with streamers so that's kind of what gives other people then looking on looking at his experience looking at his um level of success that's what gives the rest of us a bit of confidence and you know that's what will kind of you know encourage guys to kind of go out and try it and I'd, I'd say definitely it's you know you can it can be very very successful i'd say and probably even maybe more successful at times when the more traditional methods aren't working yeah, exactly. Something different shows them in a different yeah. way. Like, yeah, exactly. And actually, yeah, when you see the see the fish that Keith catches, yeah, it's no, no. really, really, really nice. That, that, like, I mean, some really nice big, big trout. Um, those salmon size trout, like it. Exactly. That, like, you, you really just pull them out of that, like, and um, yeah, the salmon, the way they, they hit that fly as well. And as you described in one article as well, I think it like is quite similar to like you know stripping a sun ray shadow like that, like you know. Mm. And the fish just see it and they just go for it and yeah it can be very very successful so yeah it's something i definitely have to to try this summer and like even even there now i kind of always look at a i bought a few flies a few years ago as well these intruders and you know they, they're very very successful uh for like steelhead fishing and stuff like that like you know but i think as well they could be very very successful for salmon fishing as well if you've got that really nice kind of high water with a nice bit of color and a, a good one of fish they can definitely be worth a shot Tell me this, uh, Jason, just in terms of if people wanted to kind of find out more in terms of fishing the band and you whetted my appetite, uh, you know, where's where's the best place to kind of get information about the beats or permits, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so my own club, um, Band and Angling Association, we have our own website. So it's just www.bandandangling.com. And on that website, you can actually, you know, you can buy your permits as well, which is very, very handy. Um, beforehand, we used to meet people to, you know, giving them the permits and selling the permits and things like that, like, you know, but it wasn't always easy. And, you know, sometimes we'd be waiting a couple of hours a day, might be waiting a couple of hours and stuff. Whereas now if you're in your car and you're just abandoned, you're just like, ah, I want to go for a cast. Just go online and you can get your permit and away, away you go at that, like, you know, and the website as well, there's a little map as well that has all the names of the pools and stuff of like that, like, you know, so if you've been chatting to friends or if you've heard of a, a pool fishing particularly well and you're not just not too sure it is, just makes things easier like that and streamlines it. Um, so that's where most of the information is for fishing that particular stretch of water where I fish the whole time. Um, and then I think on the I think on the Inland Fisheries Ireland website, then you can get the content details then for Balneen and Eskeen and up in yeah. the as well, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so can I ask you actually, uh, Jason? So like I said, you've what have we two and a half months left in the season? Yes. Um, what will you be do? Would you kind of start to look kind of further afield? Do you start to kind of look to the coast? Do you kind of yeah. Is the fishing um, gone off for a bit now? Like 
the fishing's gonna offer a bit now, all right, for sure, for salmon like that. Like, um, you know, you you can still have sport with bait if you're fishing with worm or shrimp. Um, but fly fishing there now. Um, anytime I've been fly fishing lately for salmon like that on the band, and I just go fishing in the evening, and invariably then I just go fishing for trout afterwards. That like, you know, it's a nice time of year for an evening rise. I'm not any i haven't been fishing for trout and even time with dry flies for a long time so i'm kind of relatively new to it i've only kind of started in the last few years because sometimes with salmon you'll be flogging a dead horse and the water is very very low so that's kind of a, a nice kind of a side show of that like when the conditions are bad uh otherwise bass fishing along the coast can be very very good uh last year now i started fly fishing for them and that was that was really exciting really, really exhilarating at that like so i've lure fish for bass for a few years there now with um with james barry i got into it with him and like he was showing me the ropes along the copper coast and stuff for that like and then bringing those techniques and kind of bringing them to my kind of local areas of that and trying it out and really really got into it it's a really exciting and fun way of fishing and last year then started to kind of get more into the fly fishing like that and that's been really really fun like that like so we're kind of spoiled for choice down here like that mm. so when the water is good for salmon fishing it can be very good and you can have very good sport but you know sometimes if it's just not happening you can go for the bass you can go for the sea trout or brown trout like that like you know and it's uh it's nice to change it up and i think you know as, a, as an angler as well it kind of it broadens your skills and you kind of sharp up in different areas and even sometimes then what you might learn from you know a trip out bass fishing it can actually be applicable to you know bring it back to the river like you know for trout or salmon fishing like that like you know so i think it's healthy to kind of fish for different fish species with different kind of methods, be it with like, you know, different fly methods or even different lure methods or whatever that like. Um, and then this time of year as well, I kind of try to get to the river shore as much as I can. Um, again, if the band is very, very low, the shore has a good, it has a good base flow of that. There's nearly always a very good flow of water in, in the shore like that. Like, so I joined the club in uh, character now a few years ago at like that like, and yeah, it's, it can be, you can fish very, very, very well. And, there's some very nice big salmon there as well, which is obviously a, a big attraction as well. Uh, so from from now on, hopefully, I, I've been there once uh, this year and I had a, a grill. So now it was only, what was it, two weeks ago and we missed a few more fish and stuff as well at that, like, you know, but coming to August, September, I can still fish very, very well. Um, so I'm hoping to get there now a few more times, especially if we're waiting for a flood and abandon to transpire for a little while more like that. Um, otherwise... Might might try and squeeze a, a cast in on the on the black water. I've I'd usually fish um Glenda Powell's beat. I fished uh, Jason Corkner's beat as well now this year down below in Bayadoff, which is very nice. But um yeah, it's 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 nice to try and, and fish different rivers. Sometimes it work if I'm lucky as well. Uh this year now uh, I was doing a bit of work on the stole and I fished the river field now one evening and that was that was a gorgeous little river. Um really, really nice and it seems to have a nice really nice run of fish, really nice run of spring fish as well, like that. Like so um i was lucky and unlucky to hook a fish but lose it <laughs> on uh, my first visit there but i'm really looking forward to fishing that river again i think it's a really really nice little river i don't know if you've listened to any of the others so there's one last question we want to ask you we've asked everybody so far and basically what and we're, we're going to put a little caveat with yours what your most memorable fish is on the fly now needn't be the biggest and also as well it needn't be from the band so if it's not from the Bandon, you've also got to tell us then what your most memorable <laughs> fish is from the Bandon. So we're giving you two questions. Okay, okay, two questions. Um, so if it's on the fly, we'll say, um, I know we'll say, what is it? Yeah, seven years ago now at this stage, 
um like you know i like my my own job as well as like i'm a, a fisheries ecologist so seven years ago now uh Bantanglers, we had this section of the river which we rehabilitated and um, so what we were doing was these angling pools that had kind of degraded over time for one reason or another uh we actually went to enhance them so the ethos back then was you know uh, deflectors and creating pools and putting in lies and stuff like that so i went away and designed it with um the late professor uh, martin o'grady and yeah, we, we came up and we we like, you know, I I was there now with the with the track machine and kind of like, you know, um kind of, you know, supervising the works and kind of showing uh machine driver how to do this up and things like that. But um as soon as we finished anyway, luckily enough, we had a lovely, lovely flood and it was nice to go up there, fish the pools and in like the first pool I fished, uh it's a, it's a small pot is what we call it. It's just below pothole. And yeah, straight away just started catching salmon like that. So I just found that kind of really 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 satisfying at that like you know that you can actually kind of go away do some work for the betterment of angling but more importantly also as well just for the betterment of the river for improving it and i just kind of got such satisfaction that like you know only a week before you know that we were in there actually doing this really really good work really hands-on work and then going back there afterwards then and straight away bang like you know getting the fish so i, I got great satisfaction with that and now it wasn't even a big fish it was just a nice grills uh, I think four pounds covering sea lights of that, like, you know, but it was really, really, really satisfying like that. Like, um, that was class. Yeah, I know it was really, really. Mm. And then from, um, from another perspective, then I suppose like, um, yeah, take my, my uh, first son, uh, Killian, uh, take him fishing there now a couple of years ago. Um, we uh, went fishing with my dad. So granddad Joe, as he'd call him now. <laughs> and uh, it was one of those days where it was the first flood again for like a month or two. And it was in August and, we were hopeful that like, you know, the fish were there, they were going to be taken. So we got down there and we started fishing. I'd kill him. He was only a baby. He was in the sling and he was ooing and eyeing, and he was loving it and very, very patient like that. Like, you know, so we actually had a, a nice little bit of time there. I hooked the fish and was trying to be careful there now, like, you know, not to hit him in the face of the rod, not getting overexcited. <laughs> and anyway, the, the fish shook the hook anyway, so I lost him. But then thankfully, um, my dad, then he hooked another fish and we got him in like that, like, you know, so um asked my wife she was with us at that like and she was able to photograph the whole moment and you know a photograph of dad then how he was bringing the fish in and i was there kind of stooping out with the net and there's killing hanging on with the with the sling like that and we we're slipping the net underneath the fish and then we had a, a nice kind of a photo then with the three of us of that like holding the salmon and uh <laughs> we were, i was trying to put the fish back then but the, the fish kind of had a bit of a kick then as well and uh it, it, it unfortunately funnily unfortunately but funny like slapped clean across the face as well <laughs> just before i got into the water he's only a little baby like that like <laughs> burst into tears but it's only like you know looking back at it like it's just you just have to laugh at that like you know just kind of added to the event it was very, very that, like you know but it was a, a really really good memory a really really good moment of that like you know that we could all kind of share and, and killian never wants to go salmon fishing ever again <laughs> never again, never again <laughs> i tell you never again salmon fishing at that like but uh, He's actually, yeah, I, I've, t- I've taken him fishing out a couple of times of that, like, and even just like, you know, fishing for small little trout with the fly rod and, you know, I'd be casting away and you'd hook a small little trout, give him the rod then, and even just a few weeks ago now, I had him down below and in a Shannon and he, he loved just winding in the fish and he really, really came into it and um, even just the, the sound of the reel, he loves the sound of the reel, just bringing it in and fierce excited bringing in this little, I think it was actually a salmon part, fierce excited yeah. stuff. Yeah, it'd be nice so if he kind of it's hooked into the sport as well. Like, and another generation of gnashes on the band and to terrorize the salmon. But, exactly it. So yeah, I'm looking forward now to 
hopefully yeah, he'll he'll get into it. And if he doesn't, uh, what about it? Like, but if he if he gets into mm. it, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to kind of continue to and, and share some nice days fishing with him now in the future. Exactly. Well, Jason, it's been an absolutely fascinating talk. Thanks a minute for your time. I've learned plenty uh, to take away. And um, like I said, if anybody's interested in, in fishing the band, and if you're down that way, you know, I know a lot of people heading out to West Cork, you know, you'd be passing through Inner Shannon. I know I myself, I'd always crossing over the bridge, looking down at the beautiful stretch of water. So I have to get out and, and, and fish it now, um, maybe next season. Anybody, whoever wants any kind of like, you know, advice or knows, wants to know what's kind of going on or whatever, like, you know, just give me a give me a shout anytime, like you not know, through Instagram or even my email as well on the website, jasonbandang.com. Just just drop us a line anytime like that. Like, you know. Super. What's your Instagram handle, Jason? Uh it's just Jason Nash Fishing, I think it is now at the moment. Um so yeah, no, you, you can just you can just get me on that or that like and yeah. Well worth a follow. And the uh, tight lines for, for the rest of the season. No, you too as well, and thank you very, very much for having me. Yeah, Jason, thanks very much. Really good, really good, really good to talk to you. Our thanks to Jason Nash for joining us on the show. And don't forget to rate, review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Plus, you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram. Uh, Myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.